Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have my amazing coaches with me. Andy, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Shona, how are you? I am glowing. <laughs> you are thank glowing. You. you genuinely are. <laughs> I have a lot of makeup on this morning. It looks like you like come, you know, the, the night after, the day after a night out. Right. What are you going to say? That's... I look like I'm, I've been out last night and then this is me the morning after. Yeah, but in a good way. As in, like, <laughs> your makeup the is next... still good. I always I always wear that makeup the full day next day. Got to get its, its worth. You wear makeup <laughs> for two days? Yeah, if I had had it done, maybe just, maybe just the eyes. Right, okay. Just the eyes? <laughs> yeah. I end up like a panda. <laughs> No, you'd look, you'd look like this. Um, anyway, we have questions. Yes, uh, I'll jump in one first. Thoughts on konjac-based products such as Lodo noodles as a carb replacement, low-calorie alternative and counting towards fibre. Just interested to hear your opinions on them. Do you have I, an opinion? <laughs> I don't. I've never actually, I'll be honest with you, I've never tried them. But I've tried them. Like, it's better, like, it's tastier than, like, courgette, but way more expensive than courgette. So, like, courgette costs you, like, 80 pence or something, but these konjac noodles, like, for one serving's like, three pounds or something. Um, They've got, like, probably about the same amount of calories as a courgette. Um, a courgette. But, a courgette. <laughs> A, cur- a courgette. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's up to you. Like, they're not really that... They kind of taste more like noodles, but you'd, you'd get the same thing from a courgette. Yeah, and yeah. there's probably less, like... I didn't like the whole claim to nature and, like, natural fallacy and things, but, like, there's probably less crap in a courgette than there is in, like, one of these weird noodle things that, are, like... I never really understand what they're made of. Because they're kind of, like some of them have zero calories, and I'm like, Ugh. so it's basically just fiber because they think it's going to pass right through you, right? Uh, do you know what I really like? Which again, ridiculously expensive. Um, sweet potato wraps. Have you ever had them? Yeah, they're really nice. Oh, so good, and like, mm-hmm. what well, I think they're like maybe less than half the calories of a normal wrap, but also about ten times the price. It's like four pounds yeah. for some wraps as opposed to like 80p. Mm. So I always find for me, sweet potato is one of these overrated foods. I'd, oh, I agree. I'd, like normally I would agree, but in a wrap. Sounds interesting. There's I wonder not, if is you get also, white potato wraps. Is it also not like beetroot wraps as well? Yeah. Like purple colored I've never wraps tried them. Too. Yeah, I'm not a beetroot fan to be fair, so I think I'd avoid all right fair okay so i think that kind of covers our thoughts on them like fine if you want to try them if you enjoy them fine but But probably vegetables would be better i Mm -hmm. would suggest a stir fry like without the noodles or with just less queen of the stir fries yeah anything you can make in a wok i'm there but maybe just half the like the noodles that you would normally put in your stir fry you probably won't even notice that much like double the veg half the noodles half the calories don't have Bosh. to pay a fortune. Done. Cool. You got one, Shona? Oh, I'm just trying <laughs> to find it. Okay. Um, I want to move to performance goals 
because focusing on scales is about as fun as watching paint dry. What is the best way to decide how to make a performance goal? Good. I, I completely agree with this. <laughs> yes, I'm so with her. Yeah. The, the other thing about it is like you don't need one or the other. You can still want to lose some body fat, focus mm-hmm. on performance goals, but also use the scales as a measure as well. It's not like you can only have one goal and that must be your goal and you can't think about anything else. I always have a couple of goals on the go and I think that's what makes it quite exciting because it's like yeah the scales didn't go down this week but I did get an extra pull up in so something Mm. must be going in the right direction. Um, When it comes to setting your goals and this is something we get asked quite a lot not so much in line with performance goals but just like generally like what should my goal be it has to come from you like there is absolutely no point us telling you what to do if I was like cool performance goal I want you to run 5k in x amount of time and that does not excite you in the slightest and you hate running not particularly useful if i'm like oh do you know what's really cool being able to do a pull up and you're like "Mm, i don't really think that's particularly cool and it doesn't really interest me you're not going to be motivated to do it so it has to be something that excites you that you enjoy doing and that you're motivated to do so it really has to come from you we can obviously help guide that and in terms of like performance goals in the gym and things I quite like doing things in relation to body weight so like what's my squat in relation to my body weight what's my bench in relation to my body weight what's my like can I do a pull-up because that's always going to be in relation to body weight Mm -hmm. those sort of things I think are quite useful um what about you guys what do you think of performance goals yeah I think you're totally right like it has to be something that really excites you and makes you like passionate about working towards um so just to like follow up she's then said um so I asked her like what really excites you like what do you want to work towards she said that she's not really sure she thinks that the 5k in under 30 minutes goal because she wants to keep her heart and lungs as healthy as possible but she also wants to maintain her muscle um while losing fat in the long term and she's asking is that too much of a contradiction in goals like I don't think so at all no definitely not like it's 5k if you were like wanting to do an Ironman yes possibly a contradiction in goals but 5k you can absolutely do both of those at the same time yeah agreed and then maybe have like two performance goals so I want to get my 5k under 30 minutes but I also want to be able to do x amount of push-ups in a row and then you've kind of covered both bases like I'm definitely going to be maintaining or building muscle doing that Mm -hmm. and I'm improving my cardiovascular fitness as well and you Mm -hmm. can absolutely have both and I think this is where people get a bit confused with like the like you need to train for endurance or you need to train for strength and that there are adaptations which almost they don't counteract each other but they oppose each other to a certain extent but see for like everyone on commit to six i'm including myself in this and probably you guys as well like that is not really important like unless you want to be paula radcliffe or you want to be i don't even know who the strongest woman in the world is but the strongest woman in the world it doesn't really matter if you're interested in health and fitness and building a bit of muscle and being generally healthy then you don't need to worry that there's going to be opposing adaptations unless you're trying to do so, like over exercising, which has its own negative consequences anyway. Like if you're someone who's like, oh yeah, I just really like running 20K every day. Yeah, that that's definitely going to impact the amount of muscle you can build and the amount mm. you can recover from. But it's almost a separate question. It's not really 
the differences in adaptations. It's just the fact that you're completely spinning your wheels and overtraining. Mm-hmm. It's the, the spectrum, the spectrum that we spoke about last week. You've got you most of pretty much the whole population will sit in the middle of where you're wanting to be absolutely jacked or run like Paul or Radcliffe. We all sit in the middle, so you can actually have that. I think I think it is. I think it's one of those things that I think coaches and personal trainers and stuff have that one, or certainly have that. Oh, you can only have one or the other. Well, no, you can't because it's like everything's interlinked. Like I always, I always say this one about it's the the one that really pisses me off is like being a former footballer is oh you can't be a footballer because you'd be too big. Go and have a look at American footballers. Like these guys are massive, but yeah, but they they're could, not soccer and, players. Yeah, yeah, but if you look at the skill set of like an American footballer, the guys can like turn on a like turn on a twenty pence piece, and they can change direction. They can they've got great hands, and if you were to put a footballer like an actual soccer player with a football, um, make them an absolute unit. Like look at Cristiano Ronaldo, like he is the ultimate athlete, like. Probably ten years ago, people would have been like, people would have been like, an ultimate athlete when it comes to footballer. Not, yeah. I mean, like across the spectrum. Yeah. Like he, he, you know, you put skill alongside an athlete, you're going to have a winner. Like so, you yeah. Can but have Cristiano both. Ronaldo is quite slim. Yeah, he's quite slim. But if you look at him compared to a lot of other footballers, he towers above them, and he's twice the width of them. Look he's at him in comparison guy. to like any Scottish professional footballer. Oh, like, like some of them don't even look like athletes. Some of them look like they've just fallen out, fallen out of bin. Exactly. <laughs> like genuinely fallen out of bin. It's like, what? Like I've like it's honestly it's it's. Do one you know of what my, annoyed me more than anything? So when I used to do, I used to want to be a strength and conditioning coach. So I did an internship with a football team, professional. Which one? At Dundee United. Woohoo! There's your. So so player. I mean professional <laughs> professional football team. But to be fair, they're paid money to play football, right? Lazy. Yeah, that's huh? That's professional. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Okay, they're professional. Yeah. Okay. Um, but honestly, like between sets and stuff, like half of it was like, excuse me, don't don't just walk away and not do your last set. I was like, you're my, uh-huh. you're an athlete. Like I am more motivated than you, and I just like going to the gym. Like that annoyed that's, me. So that is one hundred percent an issue. So where I know. I've, I know quite a few of the guys that are still playing. One guy who um, went down south and played in the Premier League, and he's a good player, like ultra strong. He's like loves the gym. So we were. It was actually me and Shona were training up at. Um, we're training, and he was in the gym beside us. I was chatting away to him. He's like, "Oh, I was like, what are you doing training in the gym at the moment?" He goes, "Oh, we're on treble sessions today." it's um, international break so he didn't get called up for international duty so it's international break he goes I'm just doing it's a double session but I'm doing a bit of weights in between I'm like well where's everybody else he went oh all the other guys are all sitting up playing PlayStation or they're away out to Nando's and stuff like that and I said that to him I goes will any of these guys make it at the top level he went nah he goes they're playing top level in Scotland he goes but they'll never make it if they decide to go down south he goes he got pulled aside by the assistant manager when he moved to a Premier League team and said if you are not seen to be in the gym kicking your own arse to get your your training done or doing extras on the training pitch outside with shooting practice and stuff he goes you will not make it here he goes these guys have got the bit between their teeth from the age of 16 when they first trained with the first team 
right until they make it in the Premier League. He goes, and he was like, up here, he goes, as soon as you play for Dundee United or Airdrie, oh, I'm Billy Big Balls, I play football. It's like, that's not the attitude to have. Like, you want to, you want to, like, try and reach the highest that you can. But I think the problem is, you're a big fish in a small pond up here. 100%. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're a professional football player. And I mean, the same was true to a certain extent in athletics. Like, I think people still had, like, a better work ethic than that. So, I'm certainly not saying they were lazy, but you'd be like, like, I was Scottish champion up here, barely made the final of the British. Like, I think one year I was, like, seventh in the final. And, like, that's the, but that's the difference. Like, I wouldn't have even got to run for a county in England. But mm. in Scotland, you're running for the country. Yeah. But, and I guess mm. it's just the difference in, like, ESG, the amount of people. Yes, but this podcast has turned into talk sport. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get a load of hate mail. Of less sexism. <laughs> oh, what do people think... Oh, this will be uh, controversial. The transgender issue in so elite sport. I listened to the podcast, the Greg Knuckles one, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't really talk so much about transgender athletes. He more talked about um, Caster Semenyi. Is that her name? Semenya. Yeah. So it's not. Semenya. It wasn't exactly the same. But I just thought someone no. asked, and I was like, we we cover quite a lot of the same issues, and My... it kind of depends, like. Technically, someone who is transgender and who has gone through the hormonal process of reducing their testosterone might have a similar sporting advantage to, for example, someone like Castus Menia who has a naturally higher level of testosterone. I think yeah, what Oh, sorry. World, so World Rugby did uh, we're doing we're doing some research on this one, and they they did I think they worked out that somebody who is transgender, who's made the change, who's had the hormones to, to dampen testosterone, still has 60% more bone density, 50% more testosterone than a, than a female, which mm-hmm. f- for a physical sport makes the difference between you managing to play a sport and killing somebody. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the thing with rugby and like with the with MMA, like you could actually cause someone serious damage because for example in in rugby again like if you're a professional athlete you can't then become like like move down a league because then you could hurt those athletes because you're like a much more physical person but then I don't really know enough on the subject to like put my opinion out there but I really do think it's a case-by-case basis um and then like also like it depends and I I agree to an extent but like I think you like you can't really do a case-by-case basis no you can't you're right like in an ideal world absolutely it would be sports sport the problem is is that sports the 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 horizons have been set with sport Mm. and you can't unfortunately like just genuine genuinely it's it's a really difficult situation to be in because you know the people are making a decision for themselves and that's you know the the transgender thing's not the issue it's what happens with the sport and the, with a physical element like in MMA that's already happened a transgender a transgender athlete fought against a female and she nearly killed her like she i think she had a fractured skull she had three smashed vertebrae and this is somebody at the same weight, at the same height, and 
the difference in every, it's massive. Mm-hmm. So like we are not. I think the whole thing with the transgender thing is is that people start to like we do this polarizing thing again where folk are like it just can't happen, and then the other side saying oh you're being discriminative. Look, mm-hmm. we need yeah. to sit down and we need to understand what is happening mm-hmm. and the science that's coming through or the the research that and the studies that are coming through is that. A transgender athlete has massive advantages on a female. Well, even and- if you just think about, like, this is the same with doping in sport. People are like, cool, do your two-year ban and then come back. What about the potential 10 years that you trained assisted? You think that that's just going to be eradicated by a two-year ban but- where you're still training? Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. You Like, well, we you would have so much... Two years. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, like you would have so much benefit from the 10 years of training that you did with optimized recovery with higher testosterone levels or if you're transitioning from a male to a female the years of training and growing muscle that you did before that and also there's slightly different muscle fiber um changes that we know happen with higher testosterone like the ability to build muscle quicker so i think there are loads of things i thought the castus menia case was really interesting and i followed that in like quite a lot of detail and I listened to a lot of like really interesting discussions on it and I think they showed that even so if anyone listening is like who's Castus Menia she is an 800 meter runner who was born with testes that never distended so she is like kind of half, yeah like has has some ma- uh, male sex hormones and some female and um so she has naturally higher testosterone levels than the people that she runs against because she runs in female sport and they showed that if she was if she took the drugs to lower her testosterone levels to an extent that would be in the quote-unquote normal range for females not only is that like unethical and actually would be quite hard to find a doctor to do that which was interesting to me because obviously that's what happens in when people want to change their sex but I guess it's unethical as well because she doesn't want to change her sex. Like she is doing this yeah. for her job. Her job is effectively asking her to change her hormone levels, which if you think about it is quite unethical, but there are huge risks to health of doing this. So like changing your hormones like that increases your risk massively of cardiovascular disease. So she's not only asking and, and also to the extent that they think the amount that she would have to reduce her testosterone levels would mean that she would barely make a final in the Olympic yeah. Games. So not only that, but like she also doesn't make any money anymore. So like, where is yeah. the benefit here? And given her age, like I actually think she's about the same age as me. So she's probably coming to the end of her athletics career anyway. It literally adds nothing to her to mm-hmm. do that. She's, she's genuinely in the grey area which is not, unfortunately, the transgender thing's not the grey area. It's grey area if you've got somebody who has both male and female um, genitalia or, you know, sex organs. The the transgender things, I think I completely, and I think, I know, I, I know it sounds like, I'm not trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but, you know, you can't, you can't really, you can't compare those two because she has no choice on it. Yeah. But the choice is on the other side. Yeah. So, you know, she unfortunately falls. Yeah, but I think that, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but I think the argument back is like, there are obviously arguments that people are like, I feel like I was born in the wrong body. Like yeah. there are there are huge no, no, arguments no. to yeah, yeah, people yeah. who, and can There's you imagine how awful be. that actually would be? It's not just like, yeah. Yeah. do you know what? I actually wonder what it would be like to be a man. I'm just going to change. Like, it's yeah. not, it's certainly not 
like as no, simple as you're making out, but far too many nuances on that yeah but it is a really interesting conversation and i would listen to the greg knuckles podcast we did on fitness unfiltered because it isn't exactly about this but it 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 made me change my mind during it like three times and then by the end i changed it again and i was like bloody hell because i'd come into it like i know some of the girls that race casa smenya like as in i used to train with them and i always thought it like from a sporting perspective i was like that is pretty unfair and it's almost like it's really crap for those people who would just happen to be born at the same time as her and have yeah. to have her like around <laughs> while because she is so much better than anyone like yeah. miles ahead like you do not see people win an 800 meter by that much like if you think about how much kelly holmes won the olympics by like literally the smallest amount she could barely even tell like that's mm. a normal 800 meters but Cassis yeah. menu is winning by like 10 meters easy and it looks like she's jogging. It, it's insane. And in a phenomenal athlete. But some of the points that Greg brings up is like, where do we draw the line? Because that's an you could call that a natural born given talent. Like it is. Yeah. yeah. I is. really I really like the point that Greg made comparing it to other athletes who have this like natural born genetic advantage, like Michael Phelps and Lance Armstrong. And, and well, it seems to be, well, I know, I know like, about, about, like, before he was, like, doping, um, about his femoral artery, um, but, like, so he has, he is genetically better than his, his, like, competitors, but it seems to be that because it's, like, it's a sex hormone thing, and it's, like, a gender debate, and obviously it's a hot-button topic, and it felt like the way that she was treated was just so... so it was so uh, undignified. And, and if we think back, like, we're going to remember her for this. And that's awful. And you said in the podcast, like, it has dramatically affected her life, her mental health, like, the opportunities that she can get. And that none of that was her fault. It was yeah, just yeah. the way that she was born. And she was really fucking good at a sport. And then... I think what like, was even felt- worse was the way it came out. Like, if she had maybe been born in the UK, maybe they would have like, you know, in with more medical systems and, and more like blood tests and things like that. Like maybe yeah. they would have discovered that earlier in her life, but to be yeah. like so far into her life and then realize this or have this, not even realize it, like someone told her that this was the case, like, and into the public eye and then called a cheat and like people don't want to race her and what her peers think about. Like it, it's in many ways awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. And on the other, like the flip side, is you've got, you know, obviously Martina Navratilova spoke out about transgender athletes coming into women's tennis and the fact that it could it could really be detrimental to women's sport. Mm. And this is somebody who's done more for the 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 GB, you know, the game and lesbian stuff <laughs> in sport. <laughs> I, honestly, I got a mouthful. Really I, I, got a, I can't fucking say it. Gee, Great Britain, no, it's not that way. But she's done, she's done more for she's done more for that side of like for sport than anybody else because she was the number. She was obviously the face of the face of tennis coming through, and she got absolutely dragged over the coals by people because of her views on that. And that's her opinion, and she's quite entitled to her opinion. But you shouting her down about that doesn't like people shouting her down about that doesn't help discussing the topic that yeah. is it's what needs is it, it needs discussion and it needs to be looked at you know and it's this whole thing about polarizing everything you know you're either you, you're in one camp or the other nobody's willing to sit in the middle and actually have a chat about it and just say look we just need to sit down and talk about this properly yeah and and it is a hard one like we we sort of see it in the fitness industry with 
the diet and the anti-diet culture and like yes there are obviously like pros and cons of both and mm. actually you know as much as like it might be painful to hear that storing too much body fat is not good for your health like it doesn't change the fact that it's true like as much as it might be hard to hear that it's not fair to have you know people who used to be men or have extremely like much higher testosterone levels in female sport as much as that might be painful to hear like it doesn't change the you know the truth of the matter yeah that there is an advantage there and then we need to decide how we do that and yeah yeah I don't know like it does to some extent it seems a shame because I'm like why should we exclude people like on a more like oh I just want to join a netball team or something like you know like what's the harm really but then where's the line that's that's great but I think that you've then got to look at well you know do you does the problem is is that you then have to start chopping and choosing sports you know because their netball's non-contact that's fine but then at the same level netball might be non-contact but it's pretty bloody contact it really is it's so rough Laura Laura plays it and I just wind it up about it all the time but then at the same level do you allow that to happen in rugby where the potential for injury is much higher because it's full-on 100 mile an hour contact you can't the problem is is that we're going to have you're going to have to as you say take it on a case-by-case basis but unfortunately sport can't you can't physically work like that because also, it's you've got cause... to think about the person who doesn't make the GB team because someone else has made it and like would we just have teams that are full of transgender athletes and then it's like what's the point in women's sport anymore because we, we don't have a oh, chance come to on me. Emma that's too far well, no, not really I, think about the person I, who comes I, I agree with Emma on that one I think like, that's think I'm about that if you were knocked off the team because Someone else, Someone else has come in. I don't think we're going to be in a place where like women's teams are just full of transgender women. That's well, ha- why, why not? I would. I could see that happening. America already. That's happening in high schools in America already. There's that's that. What they there's been a massive thing. Was there not a massive thing in one of the high schools in America where a couple of the girls, <laughs> a couple of the girls have actually taken it to like taken it to court because two transgender athletes have taken their position on a running on the running trip running team and they're obviously making the case that like this is it's unfair you know they have an unfair yeah, advantage and i think that there needs to be like because a lot of people listening to this be like Meh, it's unfair but you know like a lot of things in life are unfair but there's a difference when it's your life like if yeah. athletics yeah. is your life yeah. and it's your sport and like making the olympics yeah. that year is what you've worked your whole life for or that's how you make money like it's slightly yeah. it is slightly different than like being disappointed that you didn't make and like high school athletics in America or high school track yeah. and field is completely different than high school athletics in the UK where it's, it's like yeah do you know what she got to go instead of me fine yeah. like I know I know you say that we that we couldn't be in a position where we do a case-by-case basis but there is like for for Paralympics each athlete is assessed on their own um particular yeah, but don't you uh, think it, like position? in a way that does almost like now we wouldn't have like female and male sport anymore we just have a spectrum and you would sit somewhere on the spectrum of how much Mm. testosterone you had and then Mm. they would like the only downside of like the Paralympics is sometimes it's really confusing as to who's won because Mm. it's like oh they crossed the line first but wait they're on handicap or maybe they start further back or Mm -hmm. I mean that's how you'd have to do it and then it's almost like what 
I don't know. You kind you kind of take all. No, this harsh. It's not. It's sport becomes so much more difficult to understand at that. You're point. right. You're right. It kind of does spoil the the sanctity of sport. Like that's another argument, isn't it? Like how how exciting does it get now? If like you're thinking, oh, like, well, you're you're trying to approach this with a really like woke attitude and be like, oh, it's like everyone can take part, but then like, is there like a really exciting competitive edge, or is there just going to be someone who like runs away with it? with the with the gold each time you know what I mean yeah and I guess like then you're just trying to even the playing field so that everyone it's completely yeah. fair for everyone and then it's like well who's the winner that's, then but we're also now yeah. that's not sport that's just you're just setting stuff up now yeah it's not actually, well, I know Andy you'd hate that oh. I, I think <laughs> in, in future there'll be like there'll be like for every sport for every like division there'll be like a, someone who is like a advisor on these issues so that like it is more inclusive. what like andy being the the gbtqf <laughs> advisor it's also i have to i have to say it i'm sitting in the studio it's minus two and a half i'm sitting here chittering at the moment that's also another reason and okay good ca- excuse i've also had i've also had too much caffeine as well <laughs> i really i love when andy like tries <laughs> I uh, yeah, I try to be woke. <laughs> She's done so much for the GB. <laughs> well, I'm sure she would be proud to be mentioned on the podcast. Right? Do we have um more questions? I have one. Uh, Emma's podcast on hypertrophy was really helpful and outlined why you generally gain some fat when building muscle. I know that with fat loss, you could technically lose fat eating nothing but chocolate as long as you're in a deficit. But how much do your food choices affect the fat gain when building muscle? In an extreme example, would you gain as much fat if you were in a slight calorie surplus and only eating clean foods as you would if you were in the same surplus and eating a normal diet that's high in protein but includes treats? Hope that makes sense. Great question. Um, Generally, what I try and do with people as well is like, this is one of the reasons we have those skeleton meal plans that some people look at. And like, we don't want you to stick to them, but they're quite a good way to sort of think about your diet that, okay, I want a plan. Like, let's say your diet in calories are 1500 and you're getting in enough protein, you're getting in enough fruit and veg, some fiber, a little bit of what you enjoy. And it works quite well for you. And then you're like, right, I'm going to add some muscle here you don't need to increase your protein because you're already hitting enough actually on top of that so if you're already ticking all the boxes getting in some healthy fats fruit and veg protein whatever you want to add on top of that doesn't hugely matter so you could add like a big bowl of oats or something or you could add a chocolate bar like it isn't i don't think that's going to really matter in terms of building muscle unless you were like okay actually what's going to fuel my workout best Maybe I want to have some oats pre-workout. Like there are little things you could do, but if you're already basically hitting all your non-negotiables, feeling well, fueling your workouts, then where where you add that, those calories doesn't massively matter. Now, if you want to get into the nuances of it, technically the choices you make in food would matter very slightly. So for example, if I added, I mean, the prime example just be like 200 calories of sweet corn. I'm not going to absorb all of the calories in that sweet corn. So like technically the caloric availability of the food that you eat would matter slightly. If you just added protein, 
then the thermic effect of food would go up slightly. So again, you would burn more calories eating that food. But in both of those examples, you'd probably just have to then increase your calories more because you're not actually absorbing those calories. Or you are absorbing them, but then you're expending them again, meaning that your total deficit or total surplus would be lower. So you'd need to, I mean, it's not going to be a lot, like say it was 200 calories of protein, but the thermic effect of protein is like 10%. You probably want to eat 220 calories of protein to make sure you were in a 200 calorie surplus. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, a lot of people think this is another misconception that they're like, right, if I'm building muscle, I need more protein. You actually need higher protein in a deficit because you're trying to reduce the amount of muscle mass that might occur. Um, so that's another thing. Like I wouldn't, I mean, we spoke about this with Hannah on the last podcast <clears throat> about the cost of protein, like the environmental cost of protein. So there are loads of reasons that you wouldn't increase your protein, not to mention the fact that it will make you more satiated and thus potentially harder to actually hit that surplus number so yeah i think that's an that's an important one is the especially when you start to hit into a surplus if you're trying to what people regard as clean foods and you're trying to up your calories by eating whole foods like veg and stuff you're also going to struggle to probably get those calories in because your food volume in your stomach's going to just you're, you're never going to be hungry so adding in something that's potentially a treat that's quite easily it moves through your stomach a bit better um and doesn't have as much food volume is probably going to be allow you just to to get those calories in without going i'm struggling to eat because i think that's what a lot of people certainly when you start to try to put on a bit of size people i certainly find it more difficult to eat more than i do when i'm in a cup because i just find it's just trying to get food volume in and if you're eating things that are too as you say you get too many calories or not you get less calories for the volume of food it's much harder to try and get that into your stomach because food volume counts yep agreed um just based on that podcast that you recorded with hannah do you think that has changed like you're like do you think you will reduce the amount of protein that you have in your diet after that podcast um maybe a little bit so interestingly i just did hannah's check-in and she was like after our chat i've reduced to 70 to 80 grams of protein and she's like i have noticed so hannah's not dieting she's just sitting around maintenance level she's like i have noticed i am a little bit hungrier like but like mm -hmm. noticeably hungrier before each mm -hmm. meal so it is interesting that even just like a drop of like 20 to 30 grams has had actually quite a big impact mm -hmm. um i don't think i will at the moment because i want to build some muscle but i'm not i mean i don't i only eat about 100 grams of protein anyway so i'm not like eating huge amounts of protein and mm -hmm. i think it probably matters more for people who are a bit heavier like cool if i weigh 60 kilograms i'm eating 120 grams of protein like it's not a massive amount but you look at someone who's 200 kilograms who's like oh yeah i'll go for two grams per kilogram as well and they're eating 200 grams of protein a day like that really starts to add up mm -hmm. so yeah it's a consideration i think it, like i think hannah did a really good job of just giving the information but being like you might decide that at the moment like your goals mean that you want to eat more protein but like now you have the knowledge that it does have an impact on other things yeah what are you going to do the what are you going to podcast with our next i don't know we'll see we were actually just talking about success shadows which i am going to talk about but i'll i'll leave that one okay for now 
Uh, okay, so I've got another question, just one more. Um, and it's about, okay, I've just lost it. Give me a little second. Someone sing while I find it. Kumbaya, my love. Why is that the one that you go to? Right, okay. Here we go, I found it. Right, so she said, um, when it comes to muscle building, how does it work if you're, for example, wanting to grow one particular area but not another? i.e. goal is to increase arms but not wanting to gain much leg wise how would you eat the same would you eat the same as how emma explained um about the the podcast you did about muscle building uh but focus training mostly on arms or does it not work that way no it absolutely works that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you do you'd still eat exactly the same you just do more arm days than leg days yeah become a proper bro yeah in the dark side (laughs) i think to be fair though like some people think that their legs are too big but it's just that they're still on like a fat loss journey and they've not necessarily lost the fat on their legs that they have on their upper body because like i noticed that i lose it on my upper body first and like my bum and legs it's the last place to go which sometimes it's the first place you want it to go so it might be that you just you just need to change your body composition there a little bit more rather than just not training legs or yeah, training legs. Yeah, I think legs. Um, the it is you're completely right. It's probably more fat storage on your legs than it is excessive amounts of muscle on your legs. Yeah. And that's just because most women do find this. Then I get this all the time like, "Oh, I'm looking like almost a little bit too skinny up top. Like I don't want to lose any more fat up here, but yeah. I still want to lose fat on my legs." And unfortunately, you can't choose where you lose fat yeah. from. But what will help in terms of your legs looking toned is to keep training them. So I wouldn't not train your legs, as Shona is saying. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, yeah, I do want to build some muscle on my upper body. And sometimes that makes you look a little bit less like if you've just been dieting a long time, not built a lot of muscle, you can look quite skinny up top when you get lean. Whereas if you've got a bit of muscle there, it gives you a bit more shape. So yeah. I would absolutely do that. Like keep training your legs, but maybe add in an extra arm day or add yeah. in a few arm sessions, uh, um, exercises on the end of your workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. Ooh, woo. Right, is that the Perfect. end of the questions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. So Shona, do you want to introduce the, the reason why we want to talk about correlations? Okay, so... One of my friends who I love dearly, I don't think he'll listen to the podcast, but just in case he does, I think he's great. He said to me that there is a link between people who enjoy ASMR and people who have... What's ASMR? ASMR is like when you get turned on by whispering and noises. Can you like me? <laughs> what? <laughs> What you, you better stop doing that. I'm sorry, you're getting excited. Have you got iron deficiency? Uh, right, so yeah, there's a link. He says there's a link between people who enjoy ASMR and iron deficiency, and it made me laugh so much because then I was like, right, okay, so why? And he said, oh, I don't know. But it was because his friend runs an ASMR YouTube channel and she chats to other people that also enjoy ASMR and it turns out they all have iron deficiency. Right, so and this is funny because I link. thought when you said that, you were like, oh yeah, there's like studies to prove that there's this link. No, no, that's just someone's been like, oh, do you know what I've noticed? Most of my friends who also like ASMR have iron deficiency as well. No, there's not been any studies no, I, well, I, I'm how surprising! That. I mean, 
<laughs> but then, like, so I put that in my Instagram story, and I did get lots of people reply. So I think, like, you know how some people enjoy having an iron deficiency? Apparently they do. Lots of people are like, hi, I've got an iron deficiency. Uh, and I'm like, right, I also love ASMR. Yeah. I think it was about 50-50 to I love ASMR and I don't know what ASMR is uh, and the idea of it repulses me. So I think that was bullshit. So then um, I, I told Emma and Andy about this and Emma said, let's chat about various different Correlations does not equal causations that we've heard. Well, that we've heard, but like there are some that are just really funny on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some absolute crackers. Where you're like, but it's so interesting because actually the, so they put a graph on and they show like the rates of these two things that are, are correlated, but they're probably not causal or the, we don't know if they are. Let's see. They're intertwined. But, but they're so like, the graphs are exactly the same almost, which is really interesting. And a lot of people do this with um, like rates of obesity and sugar consumption. And then that actually stopped correlating, I think maybe like 10 years ago. So they stopped using that graph. But it, like, it just kind of proves that in science, like people like take these two things that are correlated and just make mean that that must mean that one of them causes the other thing. Mm-hmm. So my favorite one, which um, like isn't on this, but like just as an example of like when people are like, oh, this is linked to this. And you're like, yeah, but people like you never see. No, wait, what is the saying? Basically, you always see umbrellas with rain, but it doesn't mean that umbrellas cause rain. And that kind of right. helps people think, oh, right, OK, so although you see X with Y, it doesn't mean that X causes Y. But Y causes X? Yeah. In that case, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sorry. have we? Have you got your ones up? Right. So I put it on uh, my Instagram. I was like, "What is everyone? Is anyone here of like any good ones?" But I don't think any of these are actually what you want. And like based on um, like, like some of these are really- like this one divorce rate. And per capita consumption of margarine, almost identical. My favourite one still, the number of people who drown by falling into a pool correlates with films Nicolas Cage appearing. Yeah, that's quite a famous one. (laughs) I think they're chucking themselves in. Fucking not this guy again. (laughs) But what I think you should do with each of these is like try and actually find like a reason why they would relate to each other. Like that's the fun in it. Yeah, I know. So why would divorce rates link to margarine consumption? lubricant oh andy <laughs> i was gonna say like low fat i had to go there low fat diets lack of testosterone lack of libido Ooh. Oh, i was gonna say like fat. butter is like so much tastier than margarine exactly. so like if you start your day with margarine on toast rather than butter on toast you're gonna be grumpy and then fall out with each other and then get divorced 100 percent yeah. You've got that yellow gloopy shite again. Get the proper stuff. <laughs> I can't Definitely. believe it's not butter. <laughs> um, someone sent me one. Walking past men with epic beards and small humans appearing nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> less less causation and correlation and something's there's an attraction <laughs> going on there. Well, 
speaking from personal experience, um, me and Paul have been together <laughs> for nine years. And when we met, he didn't have a beard. But when we conceived, he did have a beard. So, wow. yeah. Beard, testosterone. Science. Science, bitches. What about this one? People who drowned after falling out of a fishing boat and marriage correlates with the marriage rates in Kentucky. <laughs> I think that that is a leap, I think isn't it? got chucked. He got chucked out the boat. It wasn't falling out the boat. How did he even find it? How did he, like, so is there like a list? Like, I don't know how they've come things? up with this and just been like, oh, what things... Because some of these, I'm like, who ev- who's even tracking these things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Murders by steam, hot vapors, or hot objects, and the age of Miss America. Wow. What a horrible way to die. Her, Murders by steam. Per capita cheese consumption, and the number of people who died becoming tangled up in their bedsheets. Trying to fight their way out of the bed oh sheets to get the cheese, and then over eight, no, almost eight hundred deaths from dying from getting tangled in your bed sheets. How, it like, that how, seems like natural selection rather than anything else. To that was fair. in two thousand and nine. What? There's one for you, Japan. This one actually, you could understand why this one came around. Was Japanese cars sold in the US correlates with suicides by crashing a motor vehicle? Yeah. Because there are more, more cars sold. Yeah, technically. But, I mean, we've not actually found this is just a random website that we found these on. Like they could, yeah. have, someone could have just drawn these graphs, and we're like, oh my god, wow, <laughs> this is sad. Imagine that. Oh. Yeah, that it's just mental. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I've just found another website. Here's ones for you. Um, ice cream com- ice cream consumption leads to murder. Yeah, yeah. A pirate shortage caused global warming. Living in a poor country increases penis size. Well, that that one, as we said, is problematic. We dis- that is problematic. We, dis- we discussed this one as well. Does this also work? afterwards if you're in a recession um <laughs> eating organic food we'll causes soon see in the uk <laughs> <laughs> oh the, i'm gonna have another mouthful here m night shamali alian makes bad movies because people don't buy newspapers shamali alian that's shamalian the guy did a bundle m. of night really, uh did some really fucking weird films huh Right, well, um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> the randomness at the end. Yeah. And uh, some great questions, and we will no doubt be back next week with some more great questions. Hope you have a lovely, I was going to say weekend, but that puts a timestamp on the podcast. I hope you have a lovely day. Have a lovely Enjoy. day. And guys, remember you can now join the waiting list for the february intake of commit to six <gasps> at oh my god i know esgfitness.co.uk <laughs> <laughs>